Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you guys a story today. Um, I'm going to be using Mark chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to run them into each other because these two passages talk about the same event which happened and it says, Now Jesus and his disciples... This is Mark 8, verse 27. Now, Jesus and his disciples went out to the town of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. And others say one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, this story has been so much on my heart for a while now. The Lord has been speaking to me different aspects of this story, and I really felt like the Lord wanted to share with us tonight this amazing event where Jesus is walking on this road to this place called Caesarea Philippi, and this town, Caesarea Philippi, is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. This is the only time it's mentioned in this event, and it was an amazing place. It was far away from the rest of the towns that Jesus used to go to, and it was a pagan place, very evil, lots of immorality there. It was about 32 miles from the place where Jesus and his disciples had been, and they had to walk a long way. Imagine walking 32 miles out of your way to get somewhere. This is where they were going, to Caesarea Philippi, and they're walking along the road. Other Jews didn't go to Caesarea Philippi. It wasn't a place that Jews were really allowed to go. It was a pagan, evil place, it was considered. And they're walking along this road, 12 disciples and Jesus, hot, tired, 32 miles. Oh, we're walking along, and Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, Elijah, John the Baptist, all these different ideas. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter comes out with an answer. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, I'm wondering whether Peter realized what had happened. He's just saying, you know what Peter's like. He just blurts out what comes into his mind and what's on his heart. And Jesus suddenly changes the whole mood from being a, let's walk along the road and chat. It suddenly becomes a very serious event because Jesus says to Peter, Blessed are you because God showed you this. It wasn't something that you came up with out of your own logic. You didn't think it through. You didn't study. You didn't go to university. You didn't learn it from your family or your your community, your background. Someone else didn't tell you. God himself, the God of creation, the one who created the universe, has spoken something to you. I don't think, this is just my opinion, I don't think Peter realized what a big deal it was. When he said, you're the Christ, the Son of God, I think he just spoke what was on his heart. What do you think? That's what I think. Why do I think that? You know, at the beginning of Acts and the beginning of Luke, Luke, who wrote those books, says, let me just read you the very first few verses of Acts. It says, 
The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. And, and then it goes on. Um, sorry, it's actually Luke I should be reading. Luke chapter 1. says this. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account. Luke says at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, bear in mind this is now Bible, Scripture that we take as God's very breathed words. You know what Luke says? It seemed good to me to write this to you. Peter was just, I believe, saying what came to his mind. I believe that God reveals things to us and they're of him but sometimes we think it's just us that have come up with it and so peter blurts out this thing you are the christ the son of god and jesus stops everything he says simon you didn't come up with that god did that's already a big deal wow god has said something god has intervened but then jesus says something amazing he says and i say to you that you are peter and the word in Greek is Petros. It means little rock. You are pebble. And on this big rock, Petra, I will build my church. Let me, let me say it to you again using the Greek words. So Jesus had just said to Peter, you didn't come up with this, Peter. And Peter's thinking, whoa, I, I'm amazed. I didn't realize I was speaking for God. I thought I was just saying what came to my mind. And then Jesus says, you are Petros. And on this Petra, I will build my church. Can you see that Jesus was using a play on words? He was saying, you are little pebble, and on this big rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Man, Peter's just walking on a road, he blurts out a sentence, and suddenly, he's God's representative, the whole of God's church is being built on him, and he's got the keys of heaven. Isn't that amazing? I think it's an incredible event what happened here. Why am I saying that? Because I think we have stumbled on something that God is doing. Just like Peter. I think we've stumbled on something that God is doing. You know, we're going along our best, as best we can. We're doing this, we're doing that for the Lord. And I believe God has given into our hands something that's of Him, that He has birthed. And Jesus said, I'm going to build something on you and nothing will stop it. You know, I don't know about you, but I've tried lots of things and not all of them have worked. I've tried many things in my life. I've done things in my own strength or what other people have said were good ideas. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. And I've got to the stage of my life, I'm not particularly old, but I'm just tired of trying to do my own thing now. I just want to do what God's doing because then nothing can stop it. Amen? Is that true? <laughs> can I just say that you may not be there yet. You may not be at the place where you say, I just want to do what God wants. I just, you, may, you may still be one of those people who says, I still want to build my own career. I want to do my own thing. I want to build my own life and organize my own life and do things my way. That's okay. But I just want to say to you up front, whatever you're doing in your own strength, 
it will not last. Amen? It won't last. It may last for the few decades you live on earth, but it won't last for eternity. But when we do what God is doing, it'll never be destroyed. It'll never fall away. And I'm saying tonight that God has given us an absolutely amazing opportunity to do something for Him. Let me just talk about, it says as they walked along the road. Can I just tell you a little bit about the roads? The road system. You might say, Greg, this sounds weird. Where are you going with this? Why are you telling me about roads? You know that the Romans started building roads about 300 years before Christ, and they carried on building roads. And when Jesus came to earth, there was a road system that the Romans had built that covered the whole of the known world. It was a road system that enabled people to travel fast and directly and safely. It was an incredible system. And some people say, what a coincidence that Christianity just came along at that time. And what a coincidence that Christianity spread to the ends of the world so quickly. And so within 200 years, one in every 10 people was a Christian. Absolutely incredible growth of Christianity. What a coincidence. But most historians will admit that if it wasn't for the Roman road system, Christianity would not have spread as quickly as it did. Because Christians could go quickly everywhere in the world and spread the gospel. Friends, the internet is our road system. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, God has built another Roman road system and He's brought it into being right now for this time, for this season, because something amazing is happening. I honestly believe this. I don't have a verse to point to, but I believe in my heart God is doing something in the world at the moment. I really do believe that. I believe in our, in our lifetimes, in the next 20 years, we're going to see a revival like the world has never seen. I honestly believe that. I think we're going to see churches springing up in their thousands, multiplied thousands all over the world in a way that the, the Christian church has never seen. And it's, a lot of it is part of this thing where God brings technology like the Roman road system together with the gospel and he says, now spread it. The internet's our road system. And God has given us the tools to be able to do this amazing thing. Isn't that amazing? I see it as a privilege. I see it as an incredible privilege. You know, Peter might have been offended. Jesus said, you are pebble, and on this rock I will build my church. <laughs> Can you imagine that? When we read it in English, it doesn't really work the same. He says, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. And we think, yeah, yeah, whatever. When Peter was listening to Jesus, Jesus said, you are little stone, and on this big stone, I will build my church. Peter may have been offended. He may have thought, whoa, hold on a minute. Why am I only little stone? What's going on here? Why are you building your church on a big stone? But I don't believe he was offended. I believe he felt privileged to say, you know what? I may be a little stone, but I'm part of the big stone that God is going to build his church on. And nothing, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing will stop what Jesus is doing. Jesus is building his church. He's going to do it. He's going to extend his church to the ends of the earth. And I'm just so grateful to God that I'm a little stone. You're a little stone. But you know what? We can be part of something that God is building. Friends, you might think this is just... A nice sounding sermon. But I want to tell you, I'm speaking from the depths of my heart here. I hadn't prepared to speak this until this morning. 
and I believe with all my heart there is something significant that God is doing. I've got no doubt in my mind that it's not us. It's not me, it's not you, it's not us that have made this thing happen. God is doing it. God is on the move. God is building His church and He's just looking for little stones that He can use to build His church upon. Isn't that amazing? And then he says, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, there's a lot of confusion over this. When people hear this little story, Jesus said, I'm building my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And I've given you keys. And whatever you bind will be bound. And whatever you loose will be loosed. And there's all this imagery going on. Okay, he's building but there's gates and there's keys. Do the keys open the gates? Where are we? Are we inside the gates? Are we outside the gates? Are, are we the ones attacking the gates or are we the ones who are being attacked? What do we do with these keys? Have you ever thought of that? I think a lot of times when we hear this passage, there's too many images and we just don't really get it. And at the end of it, we conclude, oh, well, God's big and great and I hope it works out. But there's actually a powerful message in here. Firstly, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail. It's not our gates that are being attacked. <laughs> Amen. Just, just stick with me this, on this. It's very important that we get this right. Many times as Christians, we think we are the church. We must protect. We must get around and protect ourselves from that evil world out there. And we'll put our gates closed tight. And the world will not get in. And our gates will not break. And that's not it. He says the gates of hell, hell's the one that's scared of us. That's what he's saying. He's saying hell is quivering in their boots and shaking and saying the church is being built. And as it's being built, it's growing and expanding and expanding and expanding. And our gates cannot hold up against this powerful church that's expanding. That's important. Why is it important? Because we've got to have a mindset that says if God is for us, who can be against us? Instead of a mindset that says, I'll sit and I'll be scared and I'll wait. And oh, there's, a, there's an evil occult person over there. I hope they don't come and near me. No, no. We are the ones with the light. And wherever the light goes, the darkness goes away. Darkness can't overcome light ever. Ever. It just can't happen. Light dispels darkness. We've got to have the right mindset. We've got to be on the front foot. Amen. And then he says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Again, we're confused. Many times we change the word of to the word to. And we think he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Oh, great. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'll use this key and I'll unlock the kingdom. No, no. I'm already in the kingdom. And the father of this kingdom, the king himself, gives me keys that I use to unlock things in the world and release the kingdom into the world. I'm using the keys that I've, I already have. I'm not trying to get into the kingdom. You say, Greg, why is this a big deal? Because you've got to know who you are. You've got to know where you're standing. You've got to know the power that you already got. Instead of being outside the kingdom with hell attacking us, we're inside the kingdom with power and authority. 
Ephesians 1 and 2 says Jesus is seated far above all authority, and then we are seated with Him, with all things way below our feet. We have the power, and we have the keys, and now it's just up to us to unlock them. Gee, Greg, sounds a bit serious. Sounds a bit theoretical. Sounds a bit theological. Is this real? Friends, it's real. It's very, very real. I want to say to you that every single one of us who is a Christian, we are in the kingdom with keys and hell is scared of us. And all we've got to do is start using those keys and we'll see the darkness pushed back. We'll see God's church and His kingdom grow and expand. Even if you're not a church leader, even if you're not a pastor, you can pray and the darkness gets pushed back. Alcoholism in people's families. I know that most of us have somebody who we are close to, a relative or something who's affected by alcoholism. I know this. It's just the way the world is. I want to tell you, you can unlock with the keys of the kingdom. You can release God's light into that place and family members' lives get changed. I've seen it in my own life. When I was a kid... No one in my family were Christians. None. And now just about my whole family is Christians. A lot of them have passed away and gone to heaven. But God saved my family. And I wasn't great. I was just a little pebble. <laughs> but He gave me the keys to be able to release His kingdom. And it applies to every area of your life. Financial problems, all sorts of different areas of your life. You have the keys. You're already in the kingdom. And as you unlock, the gates can't prevail. You'll break through. Please, be encouraged. You know, I spoke to a lady recently and she says, um, I've, I've heard about the spiritual warfare thing, but I'm just too scared. So I'm just, I'm just going to back off. I don't want to bother the devil and I hope he doesn't bother me. And I'm just, I'm just going to just be quiet. I just want to encourage you. I know that some of us are not bold naturally. But it's not your strength. It's not your boldness. It's the keys of the kingdom. Little old Peter, he's just a pebble. You're just a pebble. <laughs> but God will use you to do great, great things. Don't shrink back. Hebrews 10 says, if we shrink back, that's not pleasing to God. We're bold. We move forward with boldness. Even if you're not a bold person, move forward. Pray. Pray with confidence. Not wringing our hands saying, oh God, please can I convince you to break through in my family's life. Can I convince you to help me? No. He's saying, I've given you the keys. I want you to pray so that I can work with you and release power in, in your world around you. Is that okay? It's an exciting time. It's a wonderful time. Right. Let me just talk about what is the rock that Jesus will build his church on. We've already said that there's a pebble in there. Peter, Peter, you're a little rock. And on this big rock, I'm going to build my church. So what is the big rock? Peter is part of it. He's a little rock in this big rock. God uses people to build his church. And you can be one of those people. And I can. Each of us can. If we stand up, we say, yes, Lord, use me. Make me a leading light. He says, right, you're a pebble on this rock. I'm going to build my church. So what's the rest of the rock? Well, the second part of it is revelation from God. Jesus said to Peter... 
Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. The second part of the rock that God's going to build his kingdom, his church on, that God's going to use to extend his kingdom, is when he shows us things that other people didn't show us. This is so important. This is so important. I am sad when I see churches who are just doing things because that's the way people have always done things. Why do you guys do this? Why do you do this in your church? Why do you say this? Why do you pray like this one? Well, it's just the way we do it. The way the church is going to grow is if we don't just do what we've always done, flesh and blood have always just told us to do this, we say, God, what do you want? God, what are you saying? God, how do you want me to do this, to pray this, to say this, to reach out? God, what are you saying at this time? Not brother so-and-so who's wonderful, or this preacher, what are you saying, or this person. We need advice from others, but if we don't hear from God, we're not going to see his church growing. Each of us needs to say, God, what are you saying to me? And you, I can almost imagine you saying right now, oh, but I can't hear from God. God doesn't talk to me. He does talk to you. Just like Peter just blurted out, just like Luke said, well, it seemed good to me. You, you just, you step out and God gives you the words that you need. He's speaking to you even now. Right now, God is talking to you. If you say, God, give me a dream, I promise you, he will give you a dream. If you say, God, speak to me, he will speak to you. You've just got to be listening. And he's speaking all the time. We've got to have heard from God. Otherwise, his kingdom, there's no rock for his kingdom to be, to be built on. Is that okay? It's got to be what God's doing. It can't be what I think. It can't be what somebody else thinks. It can't be human ideas or it's, it's just, you know, the natural way of doing things. I've got to hear from God and then I move forward. So that's the second thing. Number one is a pebble, a person. Number two is a revelation from God. Number three is the mission. They were going to Caesarea Philippi on a mission and it was to extend the kingdom of God. When Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. What he was actually saying is, you are the Messiah, the, the army warrior of God who's going to bring in God's kingdom and defeat the enemies of God, the devil. That's what he was saying. You are the warrior who's coming to defeat the devil. When we get that in our minds, when we get this mission of going out into the darkness, that's part of the rock that he'll build his church on. And we've already spoken about that tonight. And then lastly, the fourth thing is of the rock is it's a team of people. On this rock I will build my church. I believe Jesus was talking to Peter and the rest. He was saying, on this rock, you're a pebble, but on this rock of revelation from God, of the mission of extending his kingdom into wherever, and of this team, this team dynamic of let's go and do this together, on that I'm going to build my church. Now let me say to you, we have exactly what Peter had. We have a pebble. You are a pebble. We have revelation from God. God can speak to us. We have the mission. We know we can go out and we have a team. There's a, quite a few of us. We can do what they did. <laughs> you say, no, Craig, we can't. We can't do what they did. They did awesome things. They turned the Roman world upside down. They changed the whole civilized world 
in a, a short space of time, two or three hundred years, they evangelized the world. We can't do that. We can. <laughs> we really can. You can. I can. We can. You say, Greg, you're getting big for your boots. Aren't you a bit arrogant here? Surely it's going to be someone else or some anointed preacher somewhere else in the world who's going to do it. No, no, us. Us. You say, Greg, that's arrogant. It's not arrogant because I know it's Him through us. If it was our strength, yes, that would be arrogant. But we're just pebbles. He's the, he's the strong one. Amen. When we do the right thing, the right way, we can't fail. When we do the right thing, the right way, we can't fail. Say so one more time. <laughs> when we do the right thing, that's extending His kingdom. The right way, which is like He showed us here, revelation knowledge, a mission, together, going for Him. When we do the right thing the right way, we can't fail because it's His mission. The gates of hell can't prevail. Nothing can stop us. I'm going to ask us to just respond now to the Lord, if that's okay. Perhaps, James, if you wouldn't mind playing. Folks, let's just stand together. Let's focus on the Lord. I never like to end a preach without challenging us, not just you, but me as well, challenging us to say, how is my life going to change because of what I've heard today? I never want to end a preach with it just being a theory that we've talked about. It has to impact my life. And so I'm going to ask you now, just as the music starts playing, to focus on the Lord. Let's just worship Him. Let's look at Him. Look at Jesus, who's the big one who's building His church. And let's see ourselves in the story right now. Just allow the Holy Spirit to empower His Word and change you right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to me just as you spoke to Peter on that day. Holy Spirit, speak to me, please, just as you spoke to Peter on that day. Friend, if you're here today and you have a heart for God, God is speaking to you just as he spoke to Peter on that day. He's saying, you are pebble. And on this rock... I will build my church. You're part of the rock, but you're just a little part. You are pebble, and on you and much more, I will build my church. It includes other people. It includes a team. We don't do this on our own. We, don't, we can never do it on our own. We need each other. But then he says, will you listen to me instead of listening to men? Will you listen from, for what I'm saying, for what the Father is saying, instead of what flesh and blood are saying? Will you be willing to ditch all your previous ideas and preconceptions about what is right and what you should do and what is religious and how to worship God and say, God, would you show me how to move forward? If you'll say, yes, I'll do that, and I'll extend your kingdom, and I'll do it with 
the team of people you've put me in, God says, on you, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Nothing will prevail. If God is for us, nothing can stop us. Because it's His work. It's His righteousness. It's His power. It's His kingdom. It's His authority. It's His word. We're just putting ourselves in the right place to be used by Him. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. You open things. You close things. You release God's power into the world around you. You do it. You. Through your words, prayed and spoken, you release the kingdom. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.